welcome back to the Why Hockey Periodically Wondering Why Steve Dangle Retweeted Something With My Face In It podcast. 2022 is a weird year, my man. Yeah, I'm still recovering from the cancellation of the World Junior Hockey, so I'm kind of dead to the world still. You did all that great work, that beautiful guide that you could still read. It's still good, by the way. Uh, Today would have been the final if the IIHF had, you know, their heads screwed on straight. Unfortunately, nobody in the world thought Omicron was going to show up, and therefore everybody's chasing their own shadow at this stage. I don't know why we didn't think that. I mean, I whatever whatever your persuasion is on this whole thing, and I can't believe I have to use terms like that and, and things, but, you know, it's not – it wasn't just going to go away without many other variations until it got to the point where it was, you know, like a flu. Like, we kind of knew this was going to happen, but that's kind of my issue with how the NHL has planned their season – how World Juniors was planned, how a lot of governance or lack of governance uh, around around the world uh, with with COVID and stuff is. Everything's kind of reacting after the fact instead of planning around it. Um, and you know, it all they keep talking about all oh, their bottom lines getting affected, but these are mainly this is mainly due because of decisions they made. Um, the world juniors were canceled not because coronavirus exists in this world, but because they chose to ignore it and have book hotels that were going to be completely open to the world. There's uh, Scott Wheeler uh, released a piece on The Athletic. There's a lot of coverage about what happened in Red Deer and world juniors and how, you know, it if you tell your group to do everything right with the way this it's how contagious it is, if you're side by side and inter and passing by and basically intermixed with people who are not following those same rules, you, you can't say you put any controls in place. So, um, yeah, a lot of money, a lot of time, energy and sacrifice was put into a tournament to barely get off the ground and basically just give everybody extended, uh, pardon the phrase, but blue balls. Yes. But let's talk about something happy first. We will get to all of the hockey that has been played. I do want to say thank you, of course, to Andrew Berkshire, who I quite literally yeah, just asked fun. if he wanted to be on to, to talk about the Panthers, and he said yes. I didn't know how that was possible, but it worked. And, again, you can go watch that on the SDPN YouTube channel. I love Steve. That, that stuff is really funny. I have a fantasy in my head, Tommy, and I want to let it play. Hopefully it plays out something similar to this. But if the Panthers and Leafs play in the playoffs, which is, which is possible, they're going to need somebody to talk about the Panthers. I'm trying to set myself up to, you know, be in that position. Go for it, man. Go I'm for trying. it. Uh, and I didn't look that terrible on camera. I had to go run out on New Year's Day at 12 in the afternoon to go buy a webcam because um, I realized the webcam on my computer, which is almost five years old, <laughs> my computer can do a lot of things, but the webcam looks like I was, you know, in a Blair Witch project rip off from the asylum. It looked so bad. It right. looked like it was in a hostage movie. So I got out and got a webcam. It looked washed out, but I mean, better than the alternative. Uh, I'm surprised was... you didn't do it from your car. Like, you know, how most of those are kind of like angled up. They're in the car seat. They're, you know... <laughs> 
I'm stuck in traffic because nobody anticipated yeah. snow was coming and I have to do a hey. podcast from my car on my phone. It's quite possible that that'll happen one day. It didn't happen there, thankfully. I planned ahead. Uh, so please go watch that if you want an idea of what I thought about not just the Montreal game, but just the Panthers in general. We're going to talk about them here right now. That was a lot of fun. There'll be, there'll be, there'll be more of that to come for you in 2022, I'm sure of it. Uh, like Here's you, hoping. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think you know, you're a great person to uh, kind of dissect and narrate the, the Panthers. I try to be, as what we try to do a bias here, if you're but... new here, of course. What we try to do is we try to provide the best perspective we can on this team, which might be different than what you get from the other people that cover the team. And that's what I think good coverage, the best we can do from our couches at this point, because we're not traveling to Florida at the moment, the best that we can do to provide you different angles of coverage about the Panthers, because we feel that in good situations, good markets, you get different angles of coverage and you get to decide what you think is the most most close to accurate is best or best way I, I mean I don't even know if it's a competition but more so a uh it's it's a market in concert with in concert with yeah. um yeah. you know I think it's kind of the there's there's obviously the different strokes for different folks aspect but I also think that it's kind of a uh why why not experience the the variety um and, and kind of get a full palette coverage but um you know, I I think it's it's interesting if you know. Let's move moving on to instead of talking about talking about stuff, talking about stuff. Um, the historiography of Panthers coverage. <laughs> right, Has anybody yeah. ever put it that way before? Only me. Uh, <laughs> That's what you get at Y Hockey, ladies and gentlemen. If you're new, I yeah. So the Panthers are kind of in a weird spot. Uh, you know, I've kind of been you know in in from my outside perspective and in, in my armchair and i guess you could you know lounge chair lace chair um it getting antsy about you know hey there's some you know we're, we're a better team now but we haven't proven anything yet and and to get to that spot where we can prove and be successful and execute on on the plan we need to add we need to be gaining, uh, improving uh, in process, on paper, um, different things. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that the Panthers are kind of in a holding pattern. Um, even without COVID, they're heading, you know, the trade deadline's coming up. A lot of teams are still sussing out what they want to do. And the Panthers are in a spot where they'd be very cautious in the next move. Um, and so it, it's going to be tough. They're going to have games until kind of they, they make those improvements. They're going to continue to have games where like Montreal, where it could go either way, depending how they come out in that third period. Uh, it could be a very, very embarrassing night, or it could just be a night that that's forgettable. Uh, they get the two points, they bank it, and they move on. And then they have good games against Calgary where they come out of the games and everybody's pumping their tires. Um, it's, it's not a bad problem to have. Um, but also the regular season isn't 
the greatest indicator of, of playoff success, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah, I want to start with this because they, we are in a really interesting position with the Panthers. They have one of the better records in the league. They are quite clearly the best team in the league at home. They have had some periods since they've come back from the COVID slash holiday break where they've looked very iffy. And then they've had some periods like they had against Calgary, as we record this Wednesday last night, where they absolutely tore a good team to shreds, just destroyed them. And you wonder first about not just the consistency, and I want to talk about that in a second, but also I don't want to say this is fool's gold because it's not. They really are this good. But they've played 21 games at home, and they've played 12 games on the road, and they're 4-4-4 on the road. And to me, the next step in the evolution of this team, and it's going to have to happen in the back half of the season, but the schedule being the way it is and COVID being the way that it was, scrap road games that I really would have liked to have seen from them, they need to prove that they can do this on the road too. And they really haven't done that yet because they haven't played many road games, but the only road game that they've won since Joel Quenville had to you know, relieve himself of his duties was at Arizona. And that's not great. They got to start proving some things on the road and they got to start playing the games that we know that they can play. It's great that you can do it at home. It's fun that you can do it at home. It's fun. You can do all the crazy stuff at home, like coming back from a four, one deficit to win in regulation in the third period, but you got to do that on the road. And that to me is the next step for this team. And because when I was listening to Bill Zito interview on the athletic hockey show if you can listen to it i suggest you do it i'm going to bring up the transcript here and quote it in a second he and the rest of the gms in the league are having trouble sussing out what these teams are because some teams have played a ton of games some teams have played no games if you're a team like the panthers you've had a very home heavy schedule so bill zito does not know what his team looks like away from home and you have to win on the road to win in the playoffs at some point or you're a canadian team and you've played no games at home and you're not going to be playing games at home for a while because the Canadian governments uh, of provinces and otherwise have now said you can't have fans. So we really don't know very much about these teams at the moment. And that is why I'm saying I love their game against Calgary. It was one of the best games they've played in a really long time. And I wanted to see how they could do against a team that was defensively solid and plays not the opposite of them, but is good in a different way than they're good. And they tore them to shreds absolutely crushed them by the end of the game. And that was exciting to see. It was one of their better games wholesale of the year. But they've still got a lot to prove, and I'm not trying to poo-poo what they're doing. No, none of us just are doing that. But we're yeah. saying we need to see more in certain areas before I start to go, okay, this is translatable directly to the playoffs. And there's another point I wanted to make that I couldn't make on Andrew Berkshire's show that I want to make here. They were talking about how this team's stars or a lot of the players have acquired are all in the same age bracket 25 to 27 28 which is true and it kind of talks about how there's an open window to win the cup and it's open-ended it's not quite as open-ended as that because when Jonathan Huberto gets his new contract they're going to have cap issues and that limits the ability of the group we see right now to win and this team as it is constructed as we have seen multiple times Tommy is one of the deeper teams in the league you don't want to waste that Right. Obviously, there's the asterisk of the cap hits coming out, whether it's how they deal with Bobrovsky and then also the dead money of Luongo and Yandel and stuff, you know, fluctuating, disappearing through their buyout um, window and and all that stuff. Um, I, I, I that that's a true point. And it's, it's why I 
think that, you know, even though, like you said, and Zito said, they're having trouble sussing out what teams are real and what teams are not, what teams are willing to sell, what teams are not. Um, I think it would behoove the, the Panthers and pay dividends for them to be decisive. Um, they know, like, the the thing with the, the Panthers, for me at least, is you know what's needed. It's it's not a it's not a depth. They don't need many pieces. They just need the, the right pieces in the right spot. You can start off with the coach because that's something we don't have to discuss till the end of the year. It seems they're they they're not gonna unless unless they there's a candidate that they think is worth rupturing the vibes in the room to because you know they like brunette there's you know they're doing well they 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 you know they they see brunette as a trust trustworthy coach who will execute and ask them to play the systems they want to play uh so so you're gonna have to find a coach that gets them over the fact that you kind of moved him to the side or turfed him or whatever. Um, and I don't see a coach like that coming up in the, the, in the, the season. The only coach that that could have been was Bruce Boudreaux. It's the only one where I would have said, take the chance. And we're seeing why, because the Canucks I think, went from bad to good. That was the only coach. Nobody else would have been worth it as far as I could see. And that's why I, and, and he was talking about this in the athletic show and he talked about how it's a unique process because of COVID, but also he wasn't changing much in the way that they played, which is, was important. I, which he, he made it seem that it was very important to him. They talked a lot about process in that show, process and results, because the team is good. And it's interesting to talk to a GM who's going to be somewhat forthright about the process. And I think that, and they asked him about what was his uh, first time when he put his own stamp on the process bill zito would have said ask him but it seems that it's just like they just said the vibes here are good it's weird because we had to make a coaching change because of something that had nothing to do with the on ice product so we wanted to keep it as close to what we had as possible and you can see that when this team is playing at its best it looks very similar to the old team when it was playing at its best so you can see why you know it's don't f with happy our friend jeff merrick would often say that and that's, I think, kind of what the message is. Just right. don't F with happy. I, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'll, unless, you know, obviously playoff success will change this opinion as it should. Uh, I don't know if he's my type of coach. And I mean that in a personality. I think he's, you know, he, if in any other situation, I don't th- I don't think I would be advocating to keep him on because I'd be so worried about well what's going to happen when we get to the playoffs because there's been times where a the the type of coach I think the Panthers need you know outside of what we now know about Quinville I thought Quinville was the right coach for the Panthers he had that respect he had that authority but he also had that fire where he knew when to kind of kick them in the pants, kick the refs in the pants, work the refs, uh, you know, work the other coach, do do a lot of that. And when that kind of those those gut moments or intangible moments kind of happen where, 
you know, the Panthers being an inexperienced team that has had trouble getting over the hump really would rely on a, a shepherd or kind of coach like that. Uh, I think they're going to miss it in brunette because they have missed it in those times. Like, man, the, the game against Montreal, I think kind of showed it. Um, you were texting me during the game. Well, there's, you were not happy the, with them, and I, I wasn't mean, either. And, let's and it's be fair. Fun. There's two ways he 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 could have gone, which was just the you know the and I've had coaches who've done both, and and I've, there's been good NHL coaches of teams I follow or you know European teams or whatever that have done both, and you know had success, but. What he, you know, you could just ride out and just kind of be like, hey, we're just going to turn around, you know, let let them do their thing and stuff, and just hoping that the talent will will overcome it and the goals will overcome will will come against, you know, a, a frankly a, a team that would probably struggle to make the playoffs in the AHL, uh, <laughs> maybe the ECHL. I mean, you're um, you playing know, sixteen like forwards, and I mean that yeah, was, I mean, it was a team. It's a team that, yeah, the. I expected them at all points to still win the game, but I was completely disappointed by the effort, by, you know, by the display. And, you know, I thought with the way the refs were, there was a couple times that I would, I like the coach who would use that opportunity to get the team going and would show, would, would, you know, I know these guys are trying to screw you you know, and Quinville do, used to do that all the time. Ken Hitchcock used to do that all the time. Um, there's, you know, La Violette. There's a lot of coaches who do that. And I know, uh, yeah, he's probably worried about a $25,000 fine. But, I mean, the coach is more worried about a $25,000 fine than going to bat for his teammates against the officials who are the real villains of the sport. Um, you know, I... Unless you're Wes McCauley, I don't know. who makes everything seem like it's oh, I'm so over in the 90s. Oh, my God. that was It's so pitiful. He does fight for fighting. That's that's all he'll do is like a weird like little kind of radio, old school radio voice and like I a like little hand motion. And, and people blow up on it. Every time he does it, there's, well, you know. because we have nothing else to go on, I know, my friends. I know, so we have to get references to WKRP in Cincinnati. NHL's boring because they don't let – because, you know, the coaches can't even blow up at officials anymore. But anyway, back to my part, my point about, you know, I thought Brunette should have, you know, either handed it to the team or the ref or something. I don't know. I I guess me, I don't want to say I'm an old school tremogulate, whatever, but I, 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 what, there are times where the camera pans to Brunette and he just looks like a sad dope on the bench. And at times where I would want him to be showing uh, more confidence in his team, more rah-rah of any nature, whether, you know, whatever that is. But I think a lot of times he sits back and waits for the team to do it. And I don't know. I don't think that's him, her, her Brooksy in it. You know, I, I think that's more him just that's, that like this team riding this team and just kind of being the like the co- the players coach and and helping them through it is like the only is like the best way to ride out through the season um and you know I don't want to undersell him right I you know I feel but like I just I can see what I, you're co- I can see where you you're and, and I'm not like set in that way but I'm just saying that like if 
if the season was starting tomorrow, I would have I would hire like one of like one of the Swedish coaches who'd be looking to make a jump to America. Ricard Gronberg, basically. You know, yeah, or um, the world junior coach, uh, um, Thomas, um, uh, M. Uh, I don't want to think of. He's going to butcher the name, so apologies to Sweden. Anyway, uh, I, I do want to. I do want to say on that point, I get it, because there are times when the team in a situation like that looks flat, and you don't want it to. Now. I will say I mean, yeah, they, they always struggle. They always they, they're playing down to the levels. They're struggling with fo- focus. I mean, I I'm tired of Mackenzie Weger always running around like he's ragged and there's ten seconds left and he needs to go sliding across and block his save to to save the day when you know, at all points in the game. It's a li- like it's leading to way too many ah man rushes and turnovers and failed clears and stuff. Like they just they need to add more structure. And I'm waiting for somebody to just take the reins and do that because you don't add structure and you don't kind of get it on track and kind of level up that way that I I think they need to to have success without someone like that. I mean, you look at Calgary; they brought in Daryl Sutter to do that. Um, you know, Panthers brought in Quinville to do that. Um, it doesn't have to be from the coach. It could be Zito. I mean, I think they can get by with this coach if, you know, moving on to some of the other things, you know, I think that the obvious flaw is they need somebody to sit in between Uyghur and Forsling in the minutes depth chart on the D side of the puck, who on the D depth chart that adds structure that can – help them play something other than helter skelter, you know, spinal tap pace, like we, we call it, um, you know, it helps them win games like Montreal and stuff to turn it on and stuff. But if they had to play Calgary in a series, they win that first game, right? One, the, they, they dominate them and stuff. I think over time Calgary would be able to withstand those helter skelter moments and and have a possession game and, and play a good pay up playoff hockey that as long as they could get up to that le- that pace of play for periods of time and withstand it they they would win the series i think mm-hmm. um and you know i think there's a lot of teams like that who you know when you get into the playoffs and you're playing the team four or five times in a row uh at least you're it's going to be harder for the Panther style of play to to last four series in a row to win a cup. So, so I want to just... get to that. I want to get to that because there are some things that Jack Hahn brought up, not just on the Andrew Berkshire show, but on the show I did with him a couple weeks ago that I think are very important to bring up here because he comes from a coaching background. And I asked him about how do you get a team to play the way the Panthers play through you know the playoffs and do you think that it would make sense for them to play another way and i agree with you to an extent that they do need to find a way to be able to win slogs at some point because some team's going to gum it up and i mean calgary didn't but some team's going to gum it up and figure out a way to do it particularly road games that's where i think that's going to happen as opposed to where the panthers get last change and jack said it's kind of like live your brand 
you know, like this is their brand and they just got to go with it. And, and I get that to an extent, but I do agree with you that I think that this team needs somebody who can run a game that can also like just say, okay, guys, simmer down a little bit. I, yeah, I, I think that that answer of live your brand, I, I mean, to me, I think it purports the idea of adding structure will at some level denigrate the game they have now. And I don't see that. I don't see it as trying to add structure into Ovechkin's game or try, you know, it's, I don't think it's this. Yeah. I think it's, it's the same thing that when, you know, we have these argument of adding structure to Ovechkin game or, or McDavid's game or things like that. And, you know, what we talk and or defense or a different way to play or whatever, you know, those things, it's not we want them to move from their a move their A game to their B game and add that defensive or less creative or less entertaining as their main pillar and how they play and, the you know, where everything's built around. You know, instead, what we're saying is there's going to come parts inside periods inside hockey games inside series playoff series where the panthers are going to lose the run of play they're going to lose the control of possession they're going to lose momentum you know tangibly or intangibly uh, especially in a playoff series and they're going to need to have a consistent and dependable way of playing that is allows them a better chance to withstand get back to basics build up and then turn back up the the amp and the wattage once they get the puck back once they start once they blunt the momentum and they stop the ice being tilted the other way get it back to neutral then they can turn it back up and do what they do best this isn't um you know, trying to limit or take them away from it. It's let's make sure that they have other tools in their toolkit so they can play longer into into the year. Um, you know, not every matchup will the Panthers be able to play this style and come out on top the better end of the chances. I well, mean, I think when what, it's not what, going what, what your the way. The example of that is, right, is Colorado Vegas last year, right? And I remember hearing what Nathan McKinnon and some of these other players were saying, like, because the Avs are, at this point, the closest analog to Florida that there is. They, I'm not saying that they're better defensively or what have you, but I am saying that they feel to me like the team that's closest to what Florida is, and they've won their first round series. And then when they got to the second round, if a team frustrated them, Vegas did it, Dallas did it, San Jose did it the year prior... Uh, they broke down a little bit. And some of that's injuries. Some of that is, you know, accentuating circumstances. But they have, and, you know, right now, again, they're awesome. They're the best team in the league when they're at their, their best. But they have broken down at times when their way doesn't work. And I think what, what your concern is, and it's reasonable, is that if the Panthers can't do what they've done, they would have to do that 16 times you know, basically what they did against Calgary to win the Stanley Cup. And that, the way they play, the tempo they play at, yeah. is physically demanding and mentally demanding. Especially when, you know, if you're not getting it your own way, how do you get through well, that? 
we're talking and, i mean sorry to cut you off but we're talking you know they're getting all this play praise after the calgary game calgary got almost 50 shots on goal like you're asking bobrovsky to make a lot of big time saves and that's a lot of he did yeah and yeah but every time a puck goes on net those are you know odds getting calculated over and over again and you're asking for it to go your way every time for you know through four four rounds of the playoffs where each time there's the team you play is going to be better, more battle tested and have more t- game tape and g- time, the game plan around you. So I, it, it's a tough, it's a tough ask. And, you know, it, it it's, it's a reasonable ask too. to, but, but I mean, what we're talking about for the Panthers to do is a reasonable ask. You look at some of the guys they brought in. I mean, Sam Reinhardt's a high IQ player he can play that way. I mean, he can, at you know, when needed, when called upon in the right situations, turn it down, dial it back, and play a little more structure to give them back possession, give them back momentum so they can turn it back up again. You look at, you know, Sam Bennett. He definitely can do it. The way he owns the middle of the ice and possessions and things like that, breaking out of the zone and breaking into the zone, they can, he can definitely play that way. Do you think Anton Lindell is getting there? Because Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, another reason why they can. I mean, they have the depth at forward. I think the issue is they can't do it because they have to play to the, the fact that the strength, the majority of their D all need to be in constant motion, need to play that way to get the best out of them. And I think you have to do that because everything flows from the back out. And to play that type of style, you need the type of D who can skate fast, who can who move the who move the puck hard and try those long bombs, who are constantly pushing and thinking creatively and offensively. And you know, but they also need to be able to not get turned constantly. They also need to be able to recognize hey my partner's jumping there's four minutes left in this period we have a two goal lead i can't i can't give up you know at times in those situations like the panthers will go on a shift lose momentum because montour the third pair will be out there and montour will just keep jumping up in the play or Uyghur on the first pair will keep jumping up in the play as the last man back after ekblad's already jumped up got caught or, you know, they get too cute with the puck at the back end. Or they try to do, you know, they try to carry it or do like a little, you know, juke or something. And there, it you don't always have to be doing that. And I think that's what they're looking for. And, you know, there's a big reason why they're, they're the team that, whether true or not, is getting labeled for Ben Chariot out of Montreal. That's right, yeah. Because, I mean, like, out of all out of all the D who are actually going to get moved, um, you know, he's the one that probably fits the bill. I don't know if I would pay the price or or be targeting him. I'd be looking at Hampus Lindholm way more. Well, if you're going to go, and here's something Bill Zito mentioned, and he was asked about it. Like, is it a win now moment? And he said, he was was waffling, because what he's trying to say between the lines is, I'm not selling our souls for the future so that we have to win now. He's trying to 
because this team is in a certain age bracket to replenish constantly and win while you and have you it's know, such it's such for. and i'm gonna be honest with them that's such a cop-out because they can't sell their soul like the, it's in pot like eichel's off the market there's no one else that, like they're there's going to be no way to physically sell their soul to get some, you know what I mean? Like at most they can do is sell like a Dennis Anko and a first, but that's not where Tippett and a first, but like the way they use them and you know how their development's going and stuff, like it's not going to be selling their soul or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's such a, I think a cop out at this point. Not to, not to say that, you know, not to be so pejorative against Zito. No, no, no. But I, I, but... I think that what he's saying is, if it came to a point that we could do that, I would strongly consider it. But from where I sit right now, I couldn't give you an answer. It's kind of how I. It's kind of how I viewed it, from listening yeah. to the conversation. I mean, I yeah, I, I. But I think they need to engage with you know what's it going to take to you. Know, I mean, there is a new GM in Anaheim. The future is for Anaheim. I don't. I don't think looking at. I looked at their schedule this morning. I I don't see them making the playoffs. I, I just, I mean, it would take Minnesota and Edmonton, I think, both choking for well, Edmonton's trying to make the playoffs. Uh, and I, I, yeah, but I still think LA or San Jose or even Dallas could, could make a charge too. I just, I don't know. I think if, I think, I mean, I don't know what anybody's going to do, but it's I would really I would think point. that Anaheim would have to see that they're probably not going to get huge ticket gates in a playoff series and stuff, and it'd probably be one and done. I, I don't know if they really think it's that important for Troy Terry and all them to get playoff experience. I I don't know. I don't know how to do a rebuild anymore these days. It's so controversial and so hard to do. Um, but well, you I be would in Arizona and want to trade Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, I mean, I think. Would you do that if? Yeah, they, if the yeah, I think that's it. well because that's the type of player Florida needs to get. They need to make up for the fact that they never drafted that defenseman in the first round and when they did it was mike matheson and it didn't go well yes um well i find it i i saw one report and they can't let that scare them out forever no 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 no. well it's a new front office now and yeah i mean they don't have a first round pick next year at the moment but we'll see where it goes i mean there will be defensemen available i saw someone mention i saw somebody on twitter i i doubt the report's good but i saw someone mention calvin dehan as a more of a not a, he wouldn't be playing anywhere near Weir Forsling type, but it would be more further back end of the lineup, and somebody who has good defense. I've looked at the metrics, decent defensive results, so it wouldn't be terrible, and the price yeah. wouldn't be high. I mean, they either need to add some, like I mean, if they're going to live by their brand, they need to go out and get a Jacob Chikrin because then it puts Forsling. I mean, the problem is Forsling. We knew Forsling wasn't going to live up to his what he ended the season playing at last year. He that you know that wasn't going to be a constant standard from him, but he can't really get back to that. He's 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 going to be unlikely to get back to those levels if he kind of has to carry a pairing with Gudis. I just don't think that's the most effective 
use for him. And you're going to need to bring in a better talent so he can be a number four defenseman or carry a third pair or, you know, be in a spot that's more beneficial for him where he can have more success. He's not on a bad contract, so it's not anything, you know, and he's not playing bad hockey or anything. But I think they're asking him to do too much. And I think, you know, getting someone like a Hampus Lindholm, a Chikrin, you know, somebody like that would is the net is necessary because that is a hole that they aren't likely going to fill in free agency. They aren't going to fill in the draft anytime soon. Even if they do somehow get a draft, a first round draft pick this year and use it, that would still be down the line. You know, this is what they get, you know, they have to turn Owen Tippett or Dennis Anko if they're not going to use them or if they're not good or whatever they're just, you know, they have to turn them into defensemen who like or hopefully left-handed and are top half of the decor quality, you so, know. So I, I looked at natural stat trick and his the expected goals for percentage. You can use a bunch of different metrics. You can use Micah stuff. You can use Corey. It's micro stats, whatever you want. Uh, I looked at just this one metric. The expected goals for percentage for Gus Forsling is 50.9. Now, the thing with the Panthers is that everybody's numbers are going to look good because they're one of the best possession teams in the league. Now, for comparison, I mean, Lucas Carlson is not playing super strong minutes, but he is at 62.66%. He's playing sheltered minutes, let's be fair. Brandon Montour is at 56. So what we are seeing, and Radko Gudis, if I look at it right now for a second, is at 54.31. So what that tells me is when you're a team that's everybody's going to be positive, it's how positive are you relative to your teammates that will let me know where your level is. And Forsling was never going to be the player he was last year. Never was going to be. And he's not right now. Yeah. And that's I, fine. It just, it's just a matter of can you balance out the lineup so you're not asking too much. Because what did we see in the playoffs last year? And this was without Ekblad. They, once they, the Lightning targeted a certain thing, they exploited it. And they won because they exploited it. And that's what any good team with any good amount of coaches is going to do when you get to the playoffs and they see you a lot. And you're playing playoffs in the division. These teams have seen you a bunch. So that's where I think that next step comes in. And you're right about that. It's just a matter of can they find that defenseman. And I think there is something out there. And And they have the depth forward to make it work. Yeah. And I mean, Zito, I think, also has to... Shake something up. I mean, Giordano or Giordano. Would you do that? Gonna, Would like, you do that? Moved. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not doing, I'm adding a defenseman that I think push comes to shove. I could play in the top four. Like I'm currently playing Racco Gudis in the top four. I'm at least getting uh, somebody that I think is equitable to Racco Gudis because injuries, COVID, we have no idea what's going to happen and their big issue that they can fix at personnel i personally believe is in the kind of like that top half of their middle defense that or like middle of the defense they they you know obviously Uyghur and Ekblad are great i'm not asking to like get somebody that quality i'm i just want you know they need to give goose forsling a little help they need to give Gudis help and they need to you know 
I think I don't it's Montour is the guy that they constantly always, you know, is the next in line guy that has then gets overused because of it. And I just they need to stop that. Like Montour just needs to be like needs to get pushed down the lineup a little. Like it, it'll make a lot of things better. Like the if Florida could just cut down their odd man rushes by like 15, 20%. They would be very scary. Like that's huge. It would save, you know, it would save them a lot of zone time in the D zone. It would save that. It would save Bobrovsky a lot of sweat equity. I mean, it, it would just help everybody. It would it would have given given Spencer Knight a better start to his NHL career. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and then that's the other. You know, we talked about defense ad, ad nauseum. I also would not be. I I. I don't know if I would 100% be adding a goalie at the trade deadline, but I would be looking at goalies. You know, could I make something, somebody fit, somebody who has experience and is better than Jonas Johansson? Not saying yes. Spencer Knight can't play, isn't going to be an option, but, um, you know, at a certain point, if Bobrovsky goes down, I need somebody who's a better alternative to Spencer Knight as well in case it doesn't work. You you always you got if Brunette can't Brunette's not like Quinville. He can't manufacture stuff. You got to give him tools for his toolbox. You got to give him arsenal that he can use. Well, I don't want you to give him arsenal cuz then he'll turn into Mikel Arteta <laughs> and that would be bad. You okay. can't have that. Okay. What I mean like you know the more he has in his arsenal the more likely Brunette is to be... Well, we can't had plenty in his arsenal, and they still... I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I have to do that. I'm contractually obligated. Yeah. No, what you're saying is Joel Quenville... Joel Quenville's yeah. the guy who got Mark Pesic a hat-trick playing right. as a forward. Yeah. Like, Andrew Brunette's not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, so you want, you he could try. Him. Maybe he can do... But you can't expect it from him. So you got to... You know, you got to give him... You got to give him the amount of options. So if he turns to one option and doesn't work, he has somewhere else to go. And it's kind of the same reason why the Panthers, since this is, it's so important to win the playoff series this year. It's so important to 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 go up deeper than they've been in. A, oh my God, I'm in trouble. Like three words in. Um, it, it's it's important for them to find playoff success this year it's important for them to take the next step to get Giordano to want to take a team-friendly deal to keep you know the momentum going to keep guys wanting to come here and I think for the Panthers they can't they can't expect Brunette to work all this magic and you know figure out a way to talk up Jonas Johansson if that's what it has to be because if Spencer Knight gets shelled you know, game one or something because Bobrovsky got COVID or is hurt or something going into the playoffs. You know, he gets shelled in the first two games. You got to have a different option. And it's why they need to ha be able to play with some structure. It's why they need to be able to play at different paces and have and play against different schemes and, and, you know, have scoring throughout the lineup and all that stuff. Because when one thing doesn't work, you need something else to be there to buoy you to keep you alive, to keep you going, uh, because it's, you know, it, it is such a small margin for yeah. success. Yeah, I, I think that that's kind of where the Panthers are at this point. Like, we know what they're really good at. 
We know what their weaknesses are. I still haven't seen in many ways their weaknesses tested in the ways that you would want to because and, they just haven't played enough road games. And, and what, what, what Panthers fans and, and Zito, I think, need to accept is one of the limitations of reality in this in this world right now is they might not be tested until the playoffs. You might not even get down the stretch because it might be so interrupted that it's kind of dotted and it doesn't give you that same intensity as it does most years. Or there might be a break or whatever. They might end the year a little earlier and just go right to the playoffs. You don't know. And you have to operate under the fact that I just have to do... I just have to give the best team at the start of the playoffs as a general manager and, you know, hope that it's enough. They have depth up front. They have, you know, they have guys that they can move to improve the squad. And if, you know, and it's just, I think, getting there and giving Brunette as much time as possible to get used to any new arrivals and uh get them up and running uh before well, the playoffs here's what's funny about the trade deadline this year because it is when it is it's at later in march because we thought we were going to have an olympic break and we do not have an olympic break now what that means is you're gonna have this weird stretch where the olympic break barring any other games getting postponed you you're gonna have like four games in a matter of like three weeks and so you're going to have a lot of downtime, and then you're going to get ramped up. But they also have this weird, unless this gets filled in for scheduling reasons, they have a weird break in the schedule in the middle of March. They go on a California-Vegas road trip, then they have like a week off, and then they go to eastern Canada. So like that's right around when the trade deadline falls. It's a really odd schedule that we'll yeah. have to see. And I, and I don't think Bill Zito is going to also tell us what is my the trigger to say this is what I need to do, this is what I think we need to push forward and do. He wouldn't say it publicly, but I, I just am right. interested to see like what that is and what this team's growth is in those areas. And as you say, we might not know until past the trade deadline because COVID, because injuries. Like last night, they won without two coaches who were in COVID protocol. It's just, it, that's just, it's weird. And, and I it, think it's, that, it's just something that they're going to have to accept. I mean, I think Mike Yo kind of had that healthy kind of look of like I can't game plan around that. Like, I it's not I don't make I mean, those yeah, calls. Like, I'm I not a doctor. It's just COVID, enough... COVID screwed them up, and you yeah. know, like there's just nothing you can do. And I think yeah. it's one of those things that, like, it, it's really hard right now to 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 game plan around this because the rest of the world. And Bill Zito made this point too as we start to wrap this quicker show up because we want to make sure that uh, for the new people who are listening to Y Hockey, you, you get a few shows that are not, you know, seven hours long. The, the point that he made last year is they were in bubble. Like, they basically bubbled. They had no COVID issues. They had the most normal in a year when you could not have normal. And that was really impressive last year for the Panthers. And this year, they've had the decidedly most not normal year you can have. COVID even accepted. And yet, they're still winning. But it kind of, again, because of the way their schedule is broken down, there's a lot that I think is still could be determined about this team. But as I think he's indicated, and I think everybody should be thinking about as we go along, the playoffs. It's all about the playoffs. And 
after they started 7-0, and and even when Quenville had to walk away, rightfully so, of course, can't say that enough, the Florida Panthers were always thinking about the playoffs from game seven in. Like, that's kind of, right? Like, because you were watching those first seven games, you're like, oh, wow, they're dump trucking good teams. Ladies and gentlemen, we're now thinking about the playoffs. The regular season is now already functionally meaningless. You know, like, that's kind of the situation we're in at this moment, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, there's... If you look out west, there's only three teams out of playoff contention at the moment. And if you look in the east... Well, the east, there might not be it, any playoff races anymore. It's, it's Yeah, it, but I, I don't think you're going to get... I don't think... I think maybe New Jersey, the Islanders, Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal would would sell but that's about it um i don't know who else would be selling in the east right about now so i mean it is kind of a you kind of have to wait till like 50 games you know instead of 30 some before you'll actually see the movement but it doesn't mean that they can't be targeting working the phones and and all that stuff um but i i'm i'm kind of at the point where i mean Tippett's struggling to stay in the lineup again. You know, he's getting, you know, E2 Lostrain and is showing more of a scoring touch than than Owen Tippett, and they're roughly the same age. It's one of those situations where, you know, it's a good problem that you have too many forwards. But, but if one of those at the, forwards at the same time, you... I guess I guess my thing is, you know, <sighs> How many trade deadlines can you keep Owen Tippett instead of using him to get something useful because you're you're hoping he's gonna, you know, do something with it. Um, you know, almost get in there with Dennis Sanko and stuff where I mean, I'm not saying you have to move them or anything, but I what you're saying that's is that's one of my consider. that's my that's my final point is if I'm Florida and stuff. Right now, I think they have to be having these conversations and be scouring and looking and being like, "What, what? When it when we're saying we're in it this year, what do we actually mean? What are we willing to do to get there um, and better our chances with all of this uncertainty? How? What can we do to actually positively impact that? And I think you know it's improving the roster because they can't improve their coaching bench in season and there's two places that they can do it i think with just two moves and they have i think the pieces to get it done if they have the intent and will to do it i don't think they're going to sit still and also it's quite possible right. Zito makes a move that none of us saw coming i.e right. sam panic too so right and and i'm you know it's not i i think that would be fine too him but I think they just have to make moves. And and it's not like, oh, they need to... But I think you're looking around and, yeah, they got a taxi squad and everything, but you don't know how many, who's going to be injured. And we kept saying that this was no excuses year. You knew COVID, COVID had existed before this year. You dealt with it before. You knew what all these different possibilities could be. And... You have to win a playoff series. Yeah. So Yeah, and, and you're gonna be playing yeah. against somebody, doesn't and, matter who you're gonna be playing against, where and I, they're gonna give you a run. Yeah, and, and I, I beat them. And I, and I'm just saying this kind of in a in a neutral way, 
of, you know, just looking at it like they're, I thought, you know, the, they weren't playing well be, before the pause and everything. No, 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 absolutely but, not. you know, if you, if you kind of wanted to look at it that way, I think the pause helped them. I think it helped. It really did. And they got healthy. And, you know, like, like, Jack Hahn said, you know, the first game after New Year's is always a slog, is always the worst, is, you know, and hopefully they can build up from there. But, you know, there there are going to be things that benefit or you there are out of the chaos and you've seen it because they the, how they play on in on ice is is chaotic. You can get a lot of good and you can create a lot of good out of that chaos. But you have it has to be purposeful, it has to be intent, and you have to be prepared for it. So I'm hoping that's the case with Florida. I think that there's again, there's a Big lot year. to be excited about. They're one of the best teams in the league. They're as good as we thought they'd be. But again, right. when you're talking about the playoffs, it's margins, and that's what this is about margins. If uh, you want to get more from us, we will have more shows coming soon in 2022. We just wanted to keep this one a little bit shorter, a little bit more Panthers centric for those of you who are new to this. Uh, we will have more. We'll talk about, again, I want to talk about the Oilers at some point because this is hilarious. I think we should also talk about the Flyers. There's a bunch of other things in the league that I want to get to. And Nashville is pretty good. Traded, what a, again, to the Penguins. And so he's now going to get 50 goals because that's just how the Penguins operate. But uh, there's a lot of other interesting stuff to get to. And we will get to it. Again, Why Hockey on Twitter. Me, at Matt's Musings 1 on Twitter. Why Hockey Substacks, Plenty of stuff. Go read the, uh, the World Junior Guide. It's got a bunch of stuff on prospects, whether drafted or otherwise, that it still very much holds up even though we don't have a tournament and it sucks. But we're going to try to... I don't say we're going to be totally pushing up the optimism of the hopium, I guess, but there's a lot to be excited about for us and for Panthers as well. So uh, enjoy your hockey. And uh, as we always say, or as one great person once said, good night and good hockey.